Welcome to the Life and Legacy Show, where we discuss all things elder law, estate, and legacy planning. Hosted by certified elder law attorney, Tim Seckler, from the Seckler Law Firm. And now your host, attorney Tim Seckler. Welcome, everybody, uh, to the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm. My name is Tim Seckler. I am the owner of the Seckler Law Firm and the host of this show, where we talk about all the things that you need to know about uh, estate planning, aging, getting your long-term care on your terms, how to protect assets, how to make sure we get your things to your kids or other family members in a way that uh, is meaningful and, and leaves you remembered fondly. And a couple of announcements before we get into the subject today. Um, the Alzheimer's Walk is tomorrow. If you're listening to this live, it is September the 18th. The walk is tomorrow morning in Butler. Uh, the, that is the Butler County Walk to End Alzheimer's at Cranberry Township at North Boundary Park. You can start registering at 8 a.m. Uh, and uh, I think the ceremony is at 9, and we start walking at 9.30. So you have uh, the ability to sign up at uh, alz.org. And we will, uh, we're going to have an awesome event tomorrow. Let's cross our fingers for some good weather. So join us. Um, a couple of other things coming your way at the Secular Law Firm is we are now hosting our uh, estate planning and elder law workshops in our office in Cranberry Township. Super easy to find. I can, uh, I have this joke that I can throw a football out of my office and hit uh, the interstate. So we are super easy to find. I can't actually do that, but maybe a golf ball. Maybe I could hit a golf ball that far. Um, Anyway, really easy to find, really convenient from pretty much anywhere. Uh, Come check out our estate planning and elder law workshops. You can find out all about them at secklerlawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R, lawfirm.com, and you can find out other information there. So if you are in need of doing some estate planning and you're looking for some education, you come to the workshop or take advantage of one of the resources we have on our website. I have uh, the estate planning workshop pre-recorded. You can find that under the workshops tab. You sign up and and we send you the video link to a pre-recorded workshop. Or we also have the life and legacy course, which is designed for families with um, younger families, little kids that need to do uh, estate planning but may not be so worried about doing the asset protection, long-term care planning stuff yet. And and just recognizing that, look, young families are busy. We're not retired. We have little kids. we got practice eight days a week and got to figure out how to all get it in. But we still have to do good estate planning. So we created the course so that you can uh, get the education you need in the evening. And then we follow up with the Zoom meeting afterward to uh, to hook you up with all the information you need to uh, to get your plan. So check that out. A couple other resources on the website. You will find an estate planning guide, an elder law guide. So if you have somebody in the nursing home and want to know more about how to protect their assets uh, and protect their their savings, their home from long-term care costs, check out the, the Medicaid guide that we have on our website. And we also have a guide to get you on the right track if you've recently lost a loved one. And I uh, want to know what uh, what's in store with the state administration, probate, trust administration, whatever you're about to deal with. We'll get you started. There's uh, some helpful tips on do's and don'ts in that that you should be mindful of in the first couple of weeks after you lost a loved one. So there you go. Lots of resources at secularlawfirm.com. And what we're going to be chatting about <clears throat> in today's episode is... Um, is, you know, after having done this for a long time, um, 
what this stuff really boils down to, you know, we use these long documents, trust. Some of our trusts can be 40, 50 pages long. You know, the wills can get lengthy depending on what you're doing with it. And, you know, there's all this legalese in there. There's all this language in there. And it's all necessary and it's all technical. If it wasn't necessary, we wouldn't have it in there. But but the point is, that's that's the details that, you know, we ask we want you to understand, but leave that to us. We've made decisions on that. We we know what we know what we're doing with that stuff. That's the tough part. The easy part is, or the simple part, I guess, is is the goal setting, right? And it seems to me that this estate planning business, this elder law asset protection stuff that we're doing, it's simple, but it's not easy, right? It's simple to lay out the goals. It's simple to state what you want. It's not easy to accomplish them all the time, and that's that's where that's where we come into play. And so. You know, after having done this for a long time, we're going to take a deep dive on each of these. It seems to me that most people want, most retirees or soon-to-be retirees want um, the same five things. Right? Here's what they want. They want to have a plan for what happens if they could become incapacitated. If I have a stroke tomorrow, I want to know my wife is okay. I want to know I want to know who's calling the shots around here if I've lost my ability to do so. The second is we want to get the stuff to our kids or whoever, you know, I use kids, but if you don't have kids, whoever that means to you, nieces, nephews, friends, neighbors, nonprofits, we want the stuff to get to those people as easily as possible without too much intervention and headache and all the rest. We, the third thing everybody wants is to not lose it all. We didn't work our whole lives to lose it all to some government system, some long-term care system or some tax scheme that's going to come and take my life savings. Because I, I was, you know, I had blinders on and I wasn't paying attention to what these clowns are doing. And then the fifth thing is, uh, look, I want to be remembered fondly. I, I want my legacy. I want my legacy to get it passed on in, in a way that it's not tarnished. In a way that um, I feel significant, or that that they look back on me with some feeling of significance, right? I mean, and that's that's really the five things everybody wants. I want to have a plan for what happens if life throws us a curveball. I want my stuff when I pass away to get to my kids. I don't want to lose it all to the screwed up government rule book on the way out. I'd like to uh, be remembered finally. And and the other thing is, I I would want to. A lot of our families want to protect the inheritance from the kids' potential issues, um, things like divorces and lawsuits and all the rest. Okay, so let's handle these in order. Planning for incapacity. This is this is one that pretty much everybody needs to do. You know, you need to have a plan for this. And a lot of people make the assumption, especially married people. There's a lot of married people out there where, you know, the hard headed husband doesn't want to go see some lawyer. And he just assumes with his head in the sand that if, you know, if something happens to me, if I have a stroke or get sick, my wife, you know, she'll be okay. She'll, she'll be able to make the decisions. But look, we... We have to be very intentional about this. We have to understand that if we become incapacitated, if I have a stroke, my wife can have control and access over some of our dollars, right? She can still make decisions with regard to, uh, you know, our children. She can still make decisions with regard to our joint checking account. But, you know, I've got assets just in my name. I've got a retirement account. I happen to own this law firm. I've got assets just in my name. What happens with that stuff? You know, if I pass away, Robin's my wife is named as a beneficiary. But if I if I'm just incapacitated, then what happens to the stuff? Um, and we got to plan for this. So the best way to plan for this is with a power of attorney document. Now, here's the thing about a power of attorney: a power of attorney is a document that names someone called your agent to make legal and financial decisions on your behalf, which is great. You know, we 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 should choose the decision makers that we want uh, to be involved, but. Here's the thing. 
don't assume that just because you have a power of attorney or just because you're someone else's agent under the power of attorney that you have all you need. A lot of these documents, you know, when when um, when we engage with a new client, we ask them to bring in any existing estate planning documents. And I read this stuff that comes through the door, and some of it's ancient and so I guess could be forgiven. Some of it's new and just bad. Um, but what I'm really looking for when I have clients who are concerned about protecting assets from long-term care expenses – one of the things that we really need to be cognizant of is in 2015, the Pennsylvania changed their law with regard to power of attorneys. There was this sort of overhaul in, in the power of attorney statutes. And one of the things that became apparent is if you're going to grant somebody the ability to do gifting, like to move your money, you have to be very clear with regard to what that means. Otherwise, the default rule is what is called limited gifting or $15,000. But when I run into a family where... Dad's in the nursing home, and you know the question is, can we protect money for mom? The answer is, yeah, but we got to get the stuff out of Dad's name. We have to be able to gift the money. If we can gift the money to to the to the spouse or to the kids, you know, depending on the situation, we can protect money. But it's not very helpful when this family shows up and they have a power of attorney that only authorizes limited gifting or fifteen thousand dollars a year. Because if the house is worth a couple hundred thousand bucks, and we're trying to protect it from the nursing home, well. A $15,000 gifting authority in the power of attorney doesn't help me all that much. My hands are kind of tied. And so what what we want to be thinking about here is if you're concerned about this, and, and again, look, you, you shouldn't take legal advice from this radio show or from any other radio show, right? I mean, this is education, but things to think about. Come in and we'll, anal- uh, we'll analyze your situation. But you ought to be thinking about having a little bit more gifting authority. We ought to consider unlimited gifting or or gifting authority of larger amounts of money with some sort of limitation on there because that's that's really where the rubber hits the road, right? Uh, another thing to be thinking about in incapacity is who's going to be making your health care decisions. Don't leave this one to chance. Um, we use document to name a health care agent, usually not the same document as the financial power of attorney. We, we name a health care power of attorney. Uh, and then we give some indication of how we would want to be treated um, and uh, I did an episode on this a couple of months ago. You got to check it out if, if you're interested in it. But there's this whole living will debate right now. And, and should we do living wills? And should we, uh, you know, a living will is what happens? You know, how would I want to be treated if this happened or if that happened? Uh, and so um, I've got I've got we, we do a lot of these documents, but I'm really drafting them to provide more wiggle room than I used to because I want the thing to actually work. So, okay, so that's number one. We want to have a plan for incapacity. Second, and this is probably the simplest, uh, is we want our stuff to get to our kids, if you have kids. If you don't have kids, whoever that is to you, right? But I want my stuff to get to my kids. Okay, great. There's lots of ways to do that, though. We could do joint ownership. We could do beneficiary designations. We could do. We could use a will. We could use a trust. So what's the best way to do it? Well, you know, here's the thing. I uh, I am firmly of the belief that way too many families rely way too heavily on beneficiary designations and joint ownership, and and here's why. Beneficiary designations. If you have, you know, if you're listening to this, you have an IRA, you have investment accounts, life insurance, all those things typically have a beneficiary on them. But the beneficiary only the the beneficiary designation only answers one question, and that is who gets it when I die. But there's all these other questions that we counsel our clients through to to consider. Like, what happens if, what happens if my spouse is sick when I pass away? What happens if the accident that takes my life leaves my wife disabled? Do I want her to have all that money in her name alone? What happens if, 
What happens if I say everything to my kid, but my kid has died before me? Does it go to his kids? Does it go to his siblings? Does it go to his spouse? What happens if those kids, like if it's going out to the grandkids, what happens if they're underage? Who's in control? Is it my, I guess, daughter-in-law or son-in-law? Is it their uncle? What age? Are they getting the money at 18? Are they going to turn into these, you know, these jerks that like, like you watch all these uh, athletes that get the, the big contract on their 18th birthday, right? But then a couple of years later, they're unemployed and have a cocaine problem, right? Is that going to be my grandchild? Um, so no, you know, we need to do more planning. So relying overly heavily on beneficiary designations leaves your assets. Yes, it answers the question who gets it, but it leaves the assets exposed to all these other issues. Uh, and, um, and I guess we'll just slide into that one. We need to protect the inheritance from these types of issues. Okay. So, so we have, um, we have different planning concerns, um, amongst our clients. One of which may be, well, I've got a disabled person in my family. All right. Well, they need to inherit their, they need to get their money in something called a a special needs trust that will allow them to keep their public benefits that they've come to rely on, but also have some money for an increased quality of life. Um, I have a lot of my clients who are concerned about, well, look, I've got this son-in-law. I've got this son-in-law and look, he's okay, but you know, he doesn't have the work ethic I would like. He he doesn't really take care of my baby the way that I that I would like for him to. You know, he goes out a lot. Um, yeah, overall nice guy, but you know, the the writing's on the wall that this thing may not end well. Okay, well that's helpful to know because in that situation we may want to do some planning so that your child gets their inheritance in uh, a trust rather than outright that prevents them from sort of commingling the funds over time with the marital assets because if they go through the divorce the assets in that trust then are not a marital asset we keep them from commingling we keep them from you know like some kids inherit the money and then they pay off the mortgage on the jointly held house and then they go on family vacations and they live 5 years you know together and then they divorce sometime later and we can't even tell whose is whose anymore uh, and so maybe that's not the the ideal structure. Maybe maybe we want to put a couple of more walls around that money because if you're listening to this and this is registering with you, my guess is you didn't work for the last 50 years, 40 years, 30 years, 70 years, whatever it is. You didn't work all that time accumulating this money just to lose it to your kid's poor marital decision, right? Um, and so... Um, let's, uh, let's protect it. And if any of this is registering to you, like if you're listening to this show and you're saying, oh man, I need to, like, I need to update my stuff. I, we haven't done our will since the kids were little. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, it's time to get back in. Um, the best way to, to get started is to come to one of our workshops. I typically do the workshops. Uh, you come in, you ask me personally, any questions you want to ask me, uh, about the estate planning stuff. I mean, you know, if you want to ask me about stuff I don't know about, and I'm just going to tell you, I don't know about that, but, but we're really good at this stuff here. Um, and uh, I, just as an aside, I had a guy in the workshop the other day, and uh, we go through the whole thing, you know, and I come up to my big clothes, and everybody's, I think, has gotten some value out of this, and this guy goes, I got one question. I said, okay, what is it? And the guy goes, should I get an extended car warranty? I get calls every day for these extended car warranties, and, I, you know, and it was a joke, and it was really funny. Um and the, the fact is, look, you got to make your own call on that one. I really don't know anything about it. But other stuff, if you want to ask about estate planning or wills or how the nursing home system works, look, we got you covered there. So come check out one of the workshops, secklerlawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R, lawfirm.com. 
uh, you go to the workshops tab, you're going to find all kind of good information there. And if you haven't been to the website recently, we did upgrade our website just last week. And so there's, there's new resources, there's new information, there's new, uh, functionality to it. So come check it out. And also, um, all right, we'll move on to that later. Um, the, the next thing everybody wants, the next thing everybody wants is to not lose it all on the way out to the government rule book. All right. Now, what I call the government rule book is a combination of, you know, the tax system, the probate code, the, uh, the long-term care system. You know, what, I was talking earlier about how this weekend um, we're, uh, we're doing the Alzheimer's walk. My wife happens to be the chair of the Alzheimer's walk in Butler County. It's, uh, it's tomorrow, September 19th at 9 a.m., and this has sort of become our family's cause over the years, the, the Alzheimer's Association. And and, um, and it's because, you know, we've had so many family members with dementia. But, you know, the Alzheimer's Association is telling us that one in three seniors is going to die with dementia. One in three seniors. So if you're like me, you either are a senior or you hope to be one one day. Um, and if one in three of us is going to have dementia... And you couple that fact with the fact that nursing homes in Pennsylvania, today's dollars are $11,000 a month. You know, when I started doing this stuff in, uh, 10 years ago, the nursing home average fee was under 8000 bucks a month. So now here we are 10 years later, and it's, and it's increased by almost 50% because now we're at $11,000, right? So it's increased four grand just in the last 10 years, and... You know, it's going to keep going. So if you're listening to the show right now and you're 65 years old and we could reasonably expect that maybe you, if you would need long-term care, it would be toward your 80s, right? What, what's this thing going to cost? You're going to be $20,000 a month? Who can afford $20,000 a month in long-term care expenses? And, and the answer is not very many people. And so uh, my opinion, my strong, strong opinion, after having what's watched what's going on, you know, amongst my clients and even in my own family is you had better consider protecting your assets from these long-term care expenses. And we use a lot of trusts to do that. We, we move a lot of homes into trusts where you get to sleep there every night. Um, you still get to make a lot of decisions regarding the house. You're not giving up control. What, what, no, nobody wants to give up control, and you don't have to give up control. Uh, but you can use a trust where you maintain levels of control and still protect those resources from your long-term care expenses. So something for you to consider. It's a complicated subject. We talk all about it at the workshop. Come check us out, okay? Um, taxes, everybody wants to be savvy with taxes. The fact of the matter is this. If you're listening to this and you're a wealthy person, yeah, taxes are, are your biggest concern. We gotta think about taxes. <clears throat> if you're listening to this and you're middle class, upper middle class, most middle class, upper middle class people don't have tax problems. Yes, we pay taxes, but most of us don't have tax problems. <clears throat> and what I mean by that is most of us are not going to go broke and lose 40% of our net worth because of taxes. It's just not going to happen. Um, it used to be the case where a lot of people paid this heavy federal estate tax that could hit you and take your money for like 30, 40% over, over the threshold, right? But now the thresholds on this thing are so high, you know, today's dollars, you can die with $11 million before you're paying any federal estate tax. Now, the Biden administration is going to bring that number down. We don't know how far yet, but I, I still anticipate we're going to have some reasonably healthy federal estate tax exemptions, and I don't see it coming back into play for most middle-class Americans. However, Pennsylvania has a death tax. It's called the inheritance tax, 
And what it does is it it um, imposes a tax on your assets if you die in Pennsylvania. And it, it hits just about everything you own. They don't tax life insurance. They don't tax out-of-state real estate. But most everything else is going to get dinged with real estate, with uh, Pennsylvania's inheritance tax. Um, the thing is, if you have kids and the uh, that's where the money's going, the tax rate's 4.5%. So... Look, it's not gonna. It's not breaking a bank here. Uh, nobody wants to pay the tax. Nobody wants. I don't want to pay any taxes. But I, I like my highways. But I don't want to pay any taxes, right? So we we have to recognize that sometimes it's just going to happen. And, and if we're talking about a four and a half percent death tax, where you know you can plan to avoid it, but the plans to avoid it typically involve you giving up control of your money. And I'm not interested in giving up control of my money to save my kiddo four and a half percent. So, uh, and I think that's pretty accurate thinking for most for most families. Now, if you got heirs and a higher tax rate, if you've got uh, you know more money in the bank, and four and a half percent turns into an awfully big number, then yeah, we, we'll talk about it. But still, I don't see many people taking extreme action to avoid the inheritance tax. I just want the darn thing to go away. Uh, it's such a pain in the neck. So anyway, so that's taxes. And and just as uh, I can't get into it because I'm going to run out of time, but you got to be planning for the inheritance tax is usually at odds with planning for capital gains taxes, uh, which which can often hit middle class folks harder with regard to um, planning for the inheritance tax. And then, you know, there's all these people that want to give the house to the kids to try to protect it from taxes. But usually that's a capital gains tax mistake. So we've we've really got to be careful about that. OK. Um, and then the, the last thing that we all want to do is we want to be remembered fondly. Right. None of us want um, to have our reputation be, oh man, he, you know, he had a great life, but man, they, how that thing ended was, 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 uh, was nasty. You know, the kids were fighting over the money or the the nursing home got it all, or it was tied up in a court system for years. Like none of us want that stuff. Um, and then, so it, it takes an effective estate plan. It takes, it takes thinking through this stuff and it's simple. Like all these goals I'm talking about, planning for incapacity, making sure our stuff gets to our kids and not to the nursing home, protecting our kids inheritance from their door, divorce. Those are simple goals, but accomplishing them is not always easy. We got to do some pretty complicated legal work to make all that happen sometimes. Um, and the last thing about being remembered finally is is not really necessarily in the hardcore legal documents. You know, when when I'm talking on the show all the time, I'm talking about your house and your money and your retirement account. Yeah, we got a plan for all of that stuff. That's really where, you know, the estate planning comes in. But I want you to think for a second about <clears throat> your legacy, your, your the memory of you. I want you to think about um, your stories. You know, how many stories are in your head that nobody else knows? How many like when you think back on your childhood there's these there's these great memories maybe there's some sad memories but there's these there's these times that just kind of stand out I could I could rattle through about 25 different times in my life where something happened and was kind of a turning point right um nobody else knows those stories and but don't you think don't you think that maybe they would like to know those stories don't you think that like your story needs to be told have you ever thought about it? I mean a lot of us are pretty humble and we don't like to talk about ourselves and I get it but look how much interest there is right now in like ancestry.com huge business huge business there's so many people signing up for this and just want to know like what's the family's story what happened what happened in the 19 early 1900s late 1800s how did the family end up in the united states how did what did my great 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 grandfather do for a living where did he live where did my mom grow up you know what what was what was her interest when she was a kid i don't know if my mom played soccer i know she was a cheerleader for a while i like what what were the interests and so 
um, you need to think about this stuff. And I'm going to give you an awesome resource that we created. It's called Securing Memories. Go to securingmemories.com. This is my wife's company. And what she does for a living is she interviews people uh, a couple of different ways. You can do it on the computer. You can do it in person. She'll bring a videographer. But we ask you these important questions that we know, based on experience and based on just humanity, that people are going to want to know, you know, and, and um, she started the company after she lost her father to cancer several years back, and we had some recordings of him talking about his childhood, and it was, they're, they're, they're like one of the most sacred family items that we have, but we don't have enough, um, and taking the intentional time to just record this stuff isn't, you know, it, it's about you and it's about how you're going to be remembered, but it's a, it's because your kids care. It's because your grandkids want to know my, my children never met their grandfather, but they know some stories. And, and I just think that that's so darn important. So if, you know, if that registers for you, check out what Robin's up to with securing uh, have an initial call with her. She doesn't charge for that to figure out what's the best way to get things done. What's the best way to, to record some of these stories. Um, and, um, you know, another simple thing, but not easy. Nobody wants to sit down in front of a camera. I mean, you know, there are those that do. They love it, right? I mean, the people that the people that she's worked with in this, once they've done it, once they've recorded an hour or two, what usually happens the next day is they call back and uh, they ask her to come back out. Like, I, I've got more things I want to talk about. This I, I lost sleep all night because I didn't get to talk about enough things, right? So, So check that out. Uh, so that's it. Simple goals. Simple, not easy. We want to plan for incapacity. We want our kids to get it, not the nursing home. We want our kids to not lose their inheritance to the divorce, and we want to be remembered fondly, right? It, it, pretty simple stuff. Um, but you need to work with us to get it done. Don't take any uh, anything I say here as legal advice. Uh, this is general information. If you want to know more, come to one of our workshops, uh, which you can find at secularlawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R lawfirm.com. Thanks for listening this week. We'll check you out next week. Come to the Alzheimer's Walk. See you. This has been the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm, where great families make great plans. SecklerLawFirm.com or call 724-841-1393.